Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A new era of Denver Broncos football is among us. The Melvin, the post-Melvin Gordon era. Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my guy, Henry Chisholm. And we are here to break down the breaking news that the Broncos have waived Melvin Gordon following yet another game in which a fumble that he had cost the Broncos potentially the game. And let's break this down, Henry. But first, got to give a shout-out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, where if you use the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get $200 in free bets uh, by by placing the right money line bet. So check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And make sure to use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. My boy, Henry, how is it going? (laughs) And uh, when the news came down about half an hour ago, Melvin Gordon has been waived by the Broncos. What was your first thought? It was chaos. I was like five minutes from here. Like I was driving in for the podcast. I see like the tweet pop up. I'm on park. It's a narrow little road. I'm trying to like <laughs> type a tweet out. Trying to, it felt like it. It <laughs> felt like it. So I was just like panicked. I mean, I was honestly a little bit surprised they actually did it. Like at this point, it felt like they were just going to kind of live with the fumbles. I mean, if you're not going to cut him after what four fumbles in four games why cut him six weeks later after he fumbles once you know it's mm-hmm. like he he's kind of cleaned up that issue not not totally obviously and I, I just still think it was the right move to do it but I I had thought like yeah they're just going to kind of grind through this and and let him be the guy because they don't have many options they don't and to me Henry it the first thing that that popped in my mind was about time Yep. Um, be, because this is something, as so many people in the comments comment section are saying, including Jose, says nine games too late, but cool. Um, it, it maybe wasn't nine games too late for this team because I understand that they wanted to bring him back and get totally. that one-two pairing again with Javante, but come on, after the fumble against Seattle, you think about it, after the, the fourth fumble in a row to start the season, mm-hmm. how are you not making a move? And then to me, even more so, what just makes it even more pressing about uh, about time, too little, too late now, is the fact that, Henry, you mentioned it, the Broncos running back room right now is decimated. Not yep. only is it so different than what it was to start the season, the Broncos have two healthy running backs, and so you can't tell me now the Broncos feel in a better position now than they were four weeks ago, than they were six weeks ago to make this move, because they're not. True. They're in they're in as bad of a position at running back as they've been. So to me, I think this was just... 
the the Broncos felt like they finally didn't have a choice yep. because when a guy comes in and fumbles five times in 10 starts or in 10 games, he's only had six starts and he has five fumbles, something has to change. And this is really the first time that we've kind of seen a message sent to the team for uh, mm-hmm. all parts of the organization of, okay, if you're really going to hurt the team like this, you're out. Yep. Totally. And that's the other kind of side of this is we've been hearing about accountability every single week. Yep. You know, it's, it's, we have to be accountable, you know, and Hackett will say like, I, it starts with me and we got to go into the meetings and I'll say, I screwed up these things. Here's where everybody else screwed up. Yeah. And, and so we've had this talk of accountability. I haven't really seen anything like not, nothing's really happened. Obviously you're not going to bench Russell Wilson when he plays poorly, but I mean the, 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 the punts when you're missing the punts, or not missing the punts, but punting horribly. They haven't cut Carlos Waitman. No. They haven't made a move with long snapper with mistakes there. They haven't brought they, they, in punters to no, try out. No, there's been no real accountability. So this really is the first time that they've they've made a move and kind of backed up the whole, like, we, we can't be this bad. Yeah. We can't be this bad. Yeah, and you know what? You can be this bad because you oh, waited 10 games into the season in order to make this move happen. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, Hank, were hoping that today the big news was going to be that the Broncos have fired Nathaniel Hackett. They have not done that. We're sitting here at 12-15. Yep. Typically, if a coach is still around the day after a game at noon, they are going to keep that coach. So yep. I don't expect that's the move. This is the move of the day. This is the message that they're not just sending to the players, but mm-hmm. that George Payton and maybe even ownership is sending to Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff. Uh, and so who, who, who made this move, Henry? I think it was Payton. I think it was Payton. And, and I think that it, with Melvin Gordon, given the situation that, that the Broncos have at running back, he had to have asked Hackett about it. And I think they've probably had this conversation a few times throughout the season because of all the fumbles early on, with the four fumbles in the first four games of the season. And I think early on, I wouldn't be surprised if George Payton was saying, hey, you know, should we move on from this guy? And and Hackett said, you know, he is probably our starting running back without Javante. Right. At the very least, he's our, he's our 1B with Javante before Javante got hurt. And he's a big piece of the game plan. And so moving on from that could be tough to do. And it could be reversed. You know, it could be Hackett saying, ah, you know, I just don't know if we can throw this guy out there. And Peyton says, ah, I, I, I don't think we can find an upgrade out there. But there had to have been some sort of conversation. And I'm sure there was some sort of conversation last night about this or even this morning. Um, but I do think it, it comes down to George Peyton saying, okay, enough is enough. We'll ride with Latavius and Marlon Mack and... Whoever else they add to that room. And I think, obviously, George was the one to make this decision. Mm-hmm. But I think after the game, Nathaniel Hackett made some very, very um, direct, um, un-Nathaniel Hackett-like comments. What do we typically hear from Nathaniel Hackett? We hear Nathaniel Hackett say, we're going to evaluate everything. Sure we need do. to be better in all phases. He doesn't really take a shot at anyone specifically. Mm-hmm. And I understand that type of leadership. Other guys like a Bill Belichick will just come out and say, and a Mike Tomlin will come out and say, uh, that's unacceptable. You can't do that. Well, last night, Nathaniel Hackett went down that route when talking about Melvin Gordon's fumbles. He said he can't fumble. He mm-hmm. knows that you just can't do that. That's unacceptable. That's about as strong of words that I've heard from Nathaniel Hackett yep. in a very long time. And you know what? I think Melvin Gordon probably didn't hurt his case 
or help his case to be a Bronco today with his comments after the game. He was asked three questions about the fumble, and let me just read you all of them. (laughs) He said, uh, I was trying to fight for yards. This is usually how it happens. I just have to be more cautious. Okay, probably a very honest response there. I I, I buy that. He was asked about his emotions after the fumble. He said, I was Mm -hmm. sick about it, obviously. I kind of know what comes after that at this point. I shot myself in the foot. I am a little salty because I was feeling it today. That happened, and I kind of knew that I was going to have to find a way to get back into rhythm. I knew it was going to be tough. I tried to make splashes here and there after it, but my share of opportunities kind of dwindled after that, and that was my fault. Okay. I mean, again, I mean, he, he's saying how, how it made him feel sick, uh, that he knew his opportunities were going to go down, mm-hmm. that he was going to have to try to maximize everything. I'm there with him. But then this final answer is mm. where I think he really hurt himself. He was asked about his teammates' response to the fumble, and he said, they were good. It's not like we did not recover the ball back. They were not probably too upset. They were encouraging about it. It was just unfortunate that we missed the three points after because now it looks worse. And then we lose the game, and that gives people something to revert back to. But we were good. We still had two quarters left. We still had a chance to get points after that. It was not the end of the world. Unfortunately for me, it was uh, not something that I wanted to happen. And right there, Hank, I think the accountability that Nathaniel Hackett preaches and and his tried to build a culture around mm-hmm. was just completely gone for Melvin Gordon. He he held it up for two answers, and then with that one, I think it was. Uh, I think that's maybe also when he lost Nathaniel Hackett is when he was saying uh, it didn't hurt us. I don't think teammates were that upset. Look, it wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't mm-hmm. the reason why we lost the game. You score there. You're up seventeen. You have seventeen points. Heading into halftime, yep. you're feeling good. You have now scored on every single possession in your new offense. I do think you win, and I do think that cost the Broncos the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, things would have played out differently for sure. I, I don't think he was necessarily wrong. I think he took on the wrong tone about it. Mm. You know, they still should have scored. They should have gone up 13-0. They should have been fine. But he shouldn't be saying, like, yeah, you know, it didn't really matter in the end. He should have said, whew, Dodged a bullet there, right? To recover it and still have a chance at the field goal. It was a bad break. But but when you go and say, yeah, you know, nobody was really upset. I mean, it turned out it was just fine. What? Like you could have just not. No, you, you, at the very least you say, oh, that could have been terrible. I could have lost him the game. I, it, it could have changed everything. Thank goodness Quinn jumped on it and, and saved my back. But no, that's not what he said. Well, and then also it prevents the Broncos from getting a first down that gives them more opportunities yeah. in order to do that. And then at the same time, then you kind of put the blame on uh, a, a little bit mm-hmm. of the... Uh, you put a little bit of blame on the kicker and the special teams for missing the, the three points there when, when you're asked about your own mistake that's made. Yeah. And so, so to exactly. me, I think we saw a shift from Nathaniel Hackett last night. And, of course, George Payton was the one to finally make the decision. Uh, but I think this is when Nathaniel Hackett said, I'm done. I'm out. And he has had mm-hmm. Russell or, Nathan, or he has, Nathaniel Hackett has had Melvin Gordon's back up until mm-hmm. this point. Uh, and I'm happy to see it. Um, unfortunately, I don't think this sends a big message to the rest of the locker room because I think it's, I think if you do it when you are still in contention, Mm -hmm. um, even when you're, you know, 
uh, still have a losing record, but you're three and two, or you're uh, or you're two and three, or you're two and four, or something. But there's still hope there. Yep. Then I think that sends a message of, oh, okay, okay, we're 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 getting ready for this, and and I'm gonna make sure to not mess around anymore. But now. No one's fooling themselves. Outside of Russell Wilson, who's kind of talking about the playoffs mm-hmm. and kind of talking about we still have a shot, we just need to win every game, and we need to focus on the next game being our next one that we need to win. No one else is focused on playoffs. Everyone else knows yep. where the season is going. Totally. I mean, it's it's. I definitely don't think it sends the same message and fires guys up in the same way and, and holds them account- it, I mean, also, it wouldn't matter if it did. I mean, they're 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 three and seven. Like yeah. and and whether they end the season at three and fourteen or whether they end it at, I guess ten and seven they could get in, but nine and eight, you know, you, you only lose one more the rest of the way, it doesn't matter at all. No, like like it it would be good to build momentum at the end of the season and have some sort of winning culture and the, so you have that, but in the it it just the the season is over. The season's over. It doesn't really matter all that much, and. The other piece, I think, that goes into it, why Hackett would be ready to move on. I mean, we heard all offseason, like, yeah, he's a, he's a really good back. You know, we're lucky to have him. You know, a lot a lot of teams don't have two good backs like this. And Melvin was a really good back for a really long time. But this year, 3.5 yards per carry. Yep. That's a full yard less than yep. either of his other two seasons in Denver. Uh, more than 25 yards per game yep. less than he had in either of his last two seasons in Denver. It it It, it is a lot easier to move on from somebody when you know the the you're just not getting anything from him even when he doesn't fumble. Yeah, and the the fumbles obviously have been an issue for Melvin Gordon yeah. and the Broncos knew that when they signed him the year mm-hmm. before they signed him, Melvin Gordon didn't even play a full season, played 12 games, 11 starts and had four fumbles. That's a concerning amount. You knew that coming in, but you also knew that he was a guy that could average 5.1 yards per carry. He did it 2 years before the yep. Broncos signed him and then he comes in, he plays 15 games for you that first year. He fumbles four times. You're mm. thinking, okay, that's just what you get with Melvin Gordon because mm-hmm. he also, at that point, he was your best running back. 4.6 yards per carry. You're like, okay, that's what we signed up for. That's exactly what we got. A good running back yep. with fumble carries. Net last year, Melvin Gordon finishes the season really, really strong. Uh, has only three fumbles. So you're saying, okay, maybe not that there bad. I mean, only one more fumble than Javante Williams last year. Yep. And so you're thinking, okay, well, uh, as long as he can, at the end of the season, I think the last half of the season, he was running for over five yards per carry. He ended the season with 4.5 yards per carry. You're thinking, Maybe he's getting a little better. We can trust him a little more. Let's bring him in, bring him in to be our backup to Javante Williams. Uh, and then this year, like you said, 3.5 yards per carry, 10 games, six starts. We know he was cut out of a couple of games mm-hmm. after fumbling as well. So not even playing full games, five fumbles. Yep. And uh, some very costly ones, ones that cause points. I mean, you can po- point to the Seahawks game, which could have cost them the game. You can point to the first Raiders game, yep. which not only was a crucial fumble, but then returned for a touchdown. The Broncos may win that game if he doesn't do that. And then obviously yesterday, I'm not going to say the Broncos win all of those games, but they have a much better shot. And Definitely. then you take away those three losses, and yet you add it to the wins. <laughs> You're talking about a 6-4 and four Broncos team after five games, and they'd be tied for the last wild card spot if you didn't have these issues. Now, again, it's the, those three losses aren't all, all on Melvin Gordon, but we're just looking at three plays individually and saying, what could this season be if you didn't have them? And then you got to look upstairs. What would this season be if they decided to move on from Melvin mm-hmm. after that week one fumble? What would this season be if they decided to move on from Melvin after that week four fumble against the Raiders? What would this season look like 
And unfortunately, I do think it's too little too late. Do, do you think that as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think this game even mattered. I think they could have won that one and they'd still be dead in the water. Only two games back if they win yesterday. Now I can't, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I can't do it anymore because no. the, the, the Broncos have just absolutely killed themselves. And then there was also one more aspect of the Melvin Gordon era mm-hmm. in Denver, and that was just the, the drama, the, the yep. tension, the, the off-the-field things. And I'm not just talking about the DUI and things like that. Yep. I'm talking about when he got here, it was him against him against the world because oh, yeah. it, this was Philip Lindsay's Broncos country, mm-hmm. and he came in here and he felt disrespected, and and then we even heard from him after they they moved on from Phil uh, that first year. We heard from him saying, "Yeah, just uh, just always felt like you know I was the outsider looking mm-hmm. in, and I had to be uh, better than Phil, and, and it was just a competition. Now I'm mm-hmm. no longer gonna have that on my shoulders." He came out and said that. Then a couple months later, the Broncos draft Javante Williams. And yep. it's like, well, he didn't handle that competition well mm-hmm. in terms of like knowing how to deal with competition within your own teammate. And then we, we get it again with Javante. And then this year he comes on and he says, well, I don't really know how to be a backup. I need to get in a rhythm in order to not fumble, in order to not do these things. Uh, and then they, there's him and Jerry Judy on the sideline of the Chargers game. Uh, just just pouting during the game, yep. but seemingly. And it's just not, it just has not ever kind of been Melvin Gordon's team. And I think he really has never felt like that. He's never felt like this was my team. So um, as much as it stinks for him to lose his job today, in all honesty, if Nathaniel Hackett Mm -hmm. later today comes out and says, I think this is best best for both sides, well, I think he's probably going to be right. Because Melvin Gordon, he admitted in an interview a couple of years ago that fumbling was very mental for him. Uh, He would know when he was going to fumble, and then he would go out and fumble right away. Uh, And so Denver is just a place where he really fumbles. Uh, So I think this is something where he can go with another team, and he may have success there. But you know what? The Broncos just can't. Their margin for error is so low that they can't gamble with that anymore. They can't gamble with a guy fumbling. Yep. And... I mean, you definitely don't want players who add drama like that. That's a bad quality to have. At the same time, though, sometimes good players bring drama with them. And that's just kind of the nature of having guys who've been to Pro Bowls because there's very few of them on the Broncos roster. You know, you think back, I mean, Akeem Tlaib, there was some drama there. Wouldn't trade him for the world, though. You know, it's the same thing. Von Miller had his own drama with him. Uh, Does the talent exceed the drama? And in this case, it just never quite did. But but I don't know. It, drama is just a part of professional sports. I mean, that's part of why people love the NFL. Because when you give guys a bunch of money and they're out there putting their bodies on the line and going one-on-one with other people making big money and trying to make more money, and there's just going to be drama. Now, you, you always have like a Demarius Thomas in there. Or, uh, you know, Justin Simmons has been drama-free. Pat Sertan's a quiet guy. It does just kind of come with the territory, though. And you know what? Without Melvin Gordon... You've got Russell Wilson, who's been to a Pro Bowl. You've got... Uh, Cortland Sutton, who's been Cortland to Cortland Sutton has, hasn't yep, he? Yep, yep. yep. He's Bradley been Chubb to is gone. Yep. And then Pat... Sir, or, or Sorry, uh, Justin Simmons Justin has. Justin Simmons. That's it. So there you go. You're down to three. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And uh, yep. pr- pr- pretty crazy. And we have a lot of people in the comments say- section saying, how are they going to replace him? Because... The, it, yep. it is a big issue because we also find out oh, news yeah. about Chase Edmonds, and let's jump into that. But first, I got to tell you about game time because if you want to go to the next Broncos game, it is going to be uh, 
An interesting one. Yeah. Let's put it that way. The next Broncos home game, next week they play the Panthers on the road. The following week they play uh, the Ravens on the road. Mm-hmm. Then they host the Chiefs yep. for what is now Sunday night football. Is it going to be the game of no-shows? Is it going to be where the Broncos are a 14-point underdog hosting the Chiefs? Uh, what's the storyline going to be? But this is always the game that people want to go to. Yep. It's a primetime game against the Chiefs in the Mile High City. And if you want to go, make sure to click on the link, our game time link that's in the description of our podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, it's right there, or you're watching on YouTube. Click that link. It'll pull up uh, uh, their great interface. Takes you right to all the mm-hmm. Broncos games. You can get your tickets. And the advice that they have is wait. And then once you get really close to the game is when you're probably going to have the best yep. tickets for the game. So make sure to click on that link and check out our friends over at Game Time. Yep. I, I do think there won't be as many no-shows at that one. I think the no-shows drop off. Cardinals game, the next one, a lot of no-shows. Especially if it's still Sunday night. If it's Sunday night, yeah, it's going to be pretty packed. And I mean, Or a lot of red. Oh, yes. I mean, casuals want to see Pat Mahomes. Like, if if you're not a Bronco fan, you're a transplant living here, how could you pass up the opportunity to see Pat Mahomes? Yeah. Like, I I think that one's going to be pretty full. But the Cardinals game, that's going to be ugly. That's going to be an empty stadium. Yeah, it will be. Um, But also, drink some liquid death. It's very good to stay hydrated. You know, it's tougher to do sometimes in the winter because you don't think about it. You know, it's hot in the summer. You're drinking a bunch of water. It's it's on your mind more. But it's still very dry out here. So uh, I guess this isn't necessarily just an ad for water, but do drink a bunch of water. Um, we had a bunch of liquid death as always at the tailgate yesterday. It is so good. They've got all the different kinds. There's a sparkling water with the different flavors. There's also just their normal still mountain spring water. It's awesome stuff. It, it uh, they, they donate 10% of the pro- profits to uh, help kill plastic pollution, and so murder your thirst by drinking out of the freezing cold, refresh, refreshing aluminum can of Liquid Death, um, which you can find at Safeway, 7-Eleven, King Supers, Stinkers, Alta, all sorts of options, liquiddeath.com slash DMVR, and you can see where you can pick it up near you. And make sure to become a diehard with us. Of course, we changed the way we do things around here mm-hmm. last week, where now pretty much all content over at thednvr.com is free open to the public. So make sure you're checking out that site every single day to get your daily Denver sports news, everything you need to know. Hank's already got an article up about this running back news that just came out. So you can check that out and then also become a diehard where you will get so many benefits. You'll get a free t-shirt every year after you sign up, including when you sign up, you'll get 20% off merch, always 20% off events, diehards only discord plus 15% off your bar at the dnvr bar or your tab at the dnvr (laughs) bar when you come over you get so many things exclusive merch so make sure to check us out over at the dnvr.com become a diehard for all of this exclusive membership uh and and check us out the dnvr.com all right hank there was other running back news today just minutes after the broncos waved melvin gordon (sighs) we find out that chase edmonds has a high ankle sprain. He is going to be out a few weeks. That leaves two healthy running backs on the Broncos roster. Latavius Murray, who is really yesterday took over as the Broncos running back, yep. and Marlon Mack, a guy that has not been active for any game as a Bronco yet. Both of these guys six weeks ago were on other teams' practice squads. Now they're the only two healthy running backs for the Broncos. 
Not ideal. Definitely it not is ideal. Not ideal. Um, there's gonna be another move coming, and we'll we'll see what that is. Um, it's gonna be another practice squad move. It. I mean, it has to be right, unless yeah. there's like a street free agent. I mean, Phil. I don't think Phil's coming back <laughs> because of a lot of reasons. I don't know. After the Colts <sighs> game, he was still talking about potentially coming back. Really? Potentially having another shot with the Broncos. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Why not? Um, but again, like. It, it, Maybe there's a is Frank Gore trying to keep playing into like age 37 or whatever. Oh, Adrian Peterson is he still out there? Give me a break. I mean, those are the kinds of guys who are still on the street. And the yeah. other options, practice squad guys. I mean, Divino Zigbo's on the Broncos practice squad. That's the move. Probably, probably. But you can also look around. I mean, uh, Jermar Jefferson is I mean, he was big at Oregon State. He's got a little bit of run. I think he's on the Lions practice squad right now. Deshaun Corbin, Jarrett Patterson had a couple really big games at the University of Buffalo. Uh, I think had a, a couple good preseason games in his second year now. Um, but those are those are the, the the types of names you're you're looking at. Yep. Is somebody who you haven't thought about in three or four years? Yep. Or somebody you've never heard of? Oh, so, so take like, your pick. So like a Latavius Murray or a Marlon <laughs> Mack. Uh, <laughs> yep. Those are the type of guys that are that those are available are. right now. Those uh, are. And uh, when we talk about who the Broncos have right now. They have Latavius Murray, who yesterday averaged 2.9 yards per carry. He was Oof. our DraftKings Sportsbook team of the game because he got the only touchdown for the Broncos. There but you go. this is kind of where we're at now. And it's not just on the running backs of why they're averaging no. 2.9 yards per carry. It's because, the, the, for the most part, the threat of pass hasn't been there, so teams can focus on stopping the run. And then on top of that, the offensive line is not only injured, but, I mean, they are playing musical chairs with yep. who's in there. So it's really hard to develop chemistry. So... This is probably what you're going to get the rest of the season. Three to four yards per carry. If they top four yards per carry in a game, oh my goodness, that is going to be amazing. Yep. But probably going to be right right around there, maybe even under three yards per carry because Marlon Mack, he's a guy that does have a 1,000-yard season in his back pocket. But you got to go back years and, and years, years and years to find it. And there's a reason he's on practice squad. So the Broncos are just in in such a bad position now, and I think that the move they do make is they bring up Divino Zigbo. Probably. Probably, and I'd be excited. You know, I'd, I like him. We've spent a lot of time together. We ran into him at the on the train <laughs> we in did. London. We did, yeah. yes. We were getting <laughs> off, or he was getting off. We were getting on, and yep. we were like, oh, look who it is. Yeah, and I was like, what's <laughs> up? What are you doing down here? Because they were so far from Wembley, and he said... We've got a game here. I was like, <laughs> you sure do. That's why I'm here too. So that was good. But yeah, I do like Divine. You know, he uh, he's he's played in the NFL before. Um, I'm trying to pull up the stats, but he spent the the first three seasons of his career with Jacksonville. Um, you know, 25 yards total in those three seasons. You know, you <laughs> like you just a little bit more. But again, like those are the types of players we're looking at. Um, it's possible. I it's. You also just have to think back to to this preseason running game the Broncos had, and the running backs that they were trotting out there. I mean, Max Borgie and the the yeah. names I don't remember. I yeah. mean, there were some really really terrible performances from those running backs, and that's why they brought Divino Zigbo in in the end yep. because they're like, well, we just yep. we got to find somebody. And so w- when you look at that, I think it's tough to say <sighs> Divine is actually the best practice squad running back out there. You know, there's somebody on another practice squad who could probably provide just a little bit more, but he's been in the system. And if you're looking for somebody who could give you so some run this week, he might be your your best answer. Yeah, I mean, the 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 list of free agents out there are guys that you've never heard of, or it's guys who haven't played meaningful football in, in two or three years. And 
That's where the Broncos are right now. Yep. Uh, and we have a lot of people tuning in on YouTube, oh, yeah. watching live, and also watching USA soccer going on right now with the World Cup. And yes, oh, yeah, USA just scored. So we're cheering them on, too. In fact, actually, the DMVR is popping it's crazy right down there. now. Uh, so. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, it was more packed than the playoff games, even. It was oh, crazy. Man, Everybody standing on cool. tables and screaming half hour before. It's good because I was getting ready to like write the, the Melvin thing. Yep. So I'm like, you can Melvin, Melvin, Melvin. Walk in and everybody's singing like Sweet Caroline standing on tables. And stuff. I was like, wait, are they celebrating Melvin getting cut? Because that's what it really <laughs> felt like. <laughs> man, a party at the DNVR bar for it's when crazy. anyone's cut. It is crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. And so you got to come by and, and check us out for a game. And also, when you're tuning in right now, hit us with a thumbs up. We would really appreciate it. Throw us a five star review on iTunes, Spotify if you're listening there. We really appreciate it. Okay, Henry. So pretty much all doom and gloom when it comes to the running back situation outside oh, of yeah. Melvin being cut because a lot of people mm-hmm. are happy with that. Let's talk about the game yesterday a little bit more. Yep. After sleeping on it, do you feel better or worse about the Broncos game? I feel better. Okay. Which again, I mean, that doesn't mean I feel good. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. means like compared to how horrible it was last night, uh-huh. watching them implode and then blow it in overtime in about 30 seconds. Yep. I mean... How could you not feel better? Like just the shock of being in that moment where it's like, it was like watching a car crash. Everything just happened so quickly. And I think just the time element, I'm out of that like, holy hell, how did they just do that? And into the, oh yeah, of course, that's what they do. And so I do feel better just for that reason. Okay. And that, that's very fair. I, uh, there's reasons to feel better. There, there Mm -hmm. certainly is, but overall, I feel worse. And, and the reason is, is just because this team, the more you you soak it all in, the more you realize just it's a, it's a bad football team. And it makes me question how far the Broncos are away from becoming a good football team. Yep. Like they're just, there's no such thing as complimentary football on this Ooh, football no. team. The, 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 the offense does enough or they need a good defensive stop. And then the defense blows it. The The defense is playing a fantastic game, and the offense can't get anything going. Yep. Nine points a game in their past three home games before yesterday. Now that's probably up to like 11 points per game yep. in their last four home games. That is just unacceptable. Russell Wilson has one passing touchdown at home this year. One. Zero yesterday. Uh, for against a bad Raiders defense, against one of the worst secondaries, one of the mm-hmm. worst pass defenses in the NFL. Sure, Russ goes out and puts up 247 yards, but so many of those yards felt empty in the second half. The first yeah. half what was very encouraging, but then you take a step back and you're like, they have 10 points after what was like their best half of the season, it felt like. 10 points? Mm-hmm. That's what you come out with it? And then so you're like, well, if they don't play a great game just or if they don't play another great half what's it going to be we saw in the second half it's going to be six points and then you look to the future and you say okay well where can they get momentum building the panthers just held the ravens to 13 points then you have to play the ravens who just held the panthers to three points then you have to play the chiefs and then it's it's just like you're you're only just a couple of games left at that point in the season and so to me i was encouraged so encouraged in the first half oh yeah and then it just, it all went away. Yep. That first half, I mean, you know, the, I'm not sure that was their very best offensive half this season. You know, there, there, were, there were great points in that Seahawks game. The, that second half against Jacksonville, they looked sharp. But what I really liked about that first half yesterday was just that they, 
it seems so sustainable. Yeah. You know, like it, it seems so clinical. It didn't seem like anything fluky was happening. On offense. Yes, yes, on offense, on offense. And, and so, you know, you, you see those like quick little routes to the flat. You know, you, you see a couple runs up the middle where, you know, maybe they're not picking up big yards, but you're, you're staying on time and you're, you're forcing the, te- the defense to stay in the middle of the field. You see them throw the ball all around. And I think that part is, I mean... I was hoping that that wouldn't make me this encouraged at this point in the season, seeing that half. Yeah. But based on what we've seen, I mean, I come away from that half just saying, okay, there's there's a chance. They at least tried a couple things that worked, and now they can spend a week looking through all that, figuring out why it worked, and and come back and, and run it again next week and see if they can sustain it and not take their foot off the gas in the second half. And, and that's fair to be optimistic on the offense in the first half. And something mm-hmm. that we didn't talk about, and maybe the, the reason that I'm – Uh, most down on the game even more after yesterday Mm -hmm. is what the defense did or didn't do Mm -hmm. in the first half because we we focused on the defense at the end of the game we focused on the offense in the first half in the first half this Broncos defense they didn't give up the big play which was Mm -hmm. key outside of I guess Devontae um uh Devontae Adams touchdown Mm -hmm. but in the first half the defense, when the offense was getting momentum and putting together these scoring drives and then a touchdown, then a field goal, then a then uh, mm-hmm. an almost a field goal, the defense wasn't helping them out at all. They were keeping the offense on the sideline for so mm-hmm. long. The Raiders' first drive goes for eight plays and takes up over five minutes of clock. Uh, it, that's okay. You can give up one of, one of those every half. Yep. But then the very next play, when the Broncos, again, on offense, trying to get that momentum in and get back on the field, the Broncos' defense allows a 13-play, 62-yard drive. That's nine minutes of clock. Yep. That just kills an offense's momentum. Yet the offense still is able to get a oh, little yeah. something going there. Uh, and, and, and on that play, or on that drive, 13 plays, that was when the Raiders had a missed field goal. So they didn't even get what they wanted, yet they yep. still held the Broncos' offense on the sideline for over a quarter. And then their last play of that, or that last drive of the first half, they again go eight plays, takes up four minutes a clock. They get a touchdown there. So you're talking mm-hmm. about two eight-play drives and a 13-play drive. Yep. If the Broncos' defense is able to, to cut the 13-play drive in half and the Broncos then get four chances on offense mm-hmm. and they're all four scoring opportunities, talk about the momentum that we're, that we're talking about going into halftime. And so it's just another example uh, of just – complimentary football that the Broncos don't know how to play. Totally. And there were six total series in the first half. Wow. 13 in the second. Yeah. And, and you love to see that from your offense. Definitely. You're like, yeah, juice Definitely. this. Run 13, 15 yep. play drives. But on defense, you can't do that. You can't allow that yep. team to do that. I know. Just looking back through some of these offensive stats. I mean, that first drive, seven plays, 92 yards, never hit third down. The, the second wow. drive, eight plays, 34 yards, not great, but didn't hit a third down until it was time to kick the field goal. Um, that, that final drive, 79 yards, get that deep before, uh, you know, Melvin has his little fumble there at the end, but uh, that first half was so encouraging. And again, like the defense didn't hold up their part. (sighs) Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, just the same story. It it is wild that that offense hasn't been able to do more except for when they're playing the Broncos. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. The the Raiders. And that's just another thing that kind of adds to the feeling worse is, The Raiders are a really bad team, and they have had success against the Texans and the Broncos, and that 
is it somewhere that if you want to have success, check out our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, mm-hmm. where they're giving you an opportunity to get $150 in free bets by placing a $5 money line bet on any NFL team to win their game. So place a money line bet on any NFL team, $5 or more, and you'll get $150 free for new users by using that code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're also given a 100% profit boost with stepped-up same-game parlays. That means each leg you add to a parlay, they're going to give you an extra boost on top of that. If you go 10 legs on a parlay, they're going to give you a 100% boost. I hit one of those yesterday. It rolls mm-hmm. into tonight. And DraftKings Sportsbook is just always giving so many boosts, not just for new customers, but for existing customers. I think that's yep. what really separates them in my mind. They gave me two 50% profit boosts just out of nowhere yesterday. So got to hit those. Uh, and I did, and looking pretty good right now. So check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the App Store now. Download the top top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up in order to get this offer. That's promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to see our show notes for details. And Henry, before we go any further, let's jump into the DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now and talk about something that just keeps hitting because this week, Vegas and DraftKings, they're trying to trick you on this one. They're putting the Broncos Panthers over under at a whopping 35 points. This is so low for an NFL game. You never see no, you 35 points. Like when it gets to 39, you're like, dang, that's low. Wait, what? Yeah. 35 points. But they're trying to bait you. They're they trying are. to get you to take the over. Don't you dare take the mm-hmm. over. The under is still where it's at. What DraftKings is saying is this is going to be no more than 18 to 17. Yep. It's going to be an 18 Broncos, 17 yep. Panthers. There's going to be no more points scored than that. I think they're right. Because the Carolina Panthers don't know who their quarterback is. They traded their top wide receiver. They traded their top player in Christian McCaffrey. And they have a new head coach. Their offense uh, only able to put up three points against the Ravens last week. Broncos defense still very good. They're going to shut them down. But the Panthers defense is also uh, Mm -hmm. really good. They're, They're trading everyone on offense, but saying we're keeping our core guys on defense because they believe in their defense. And the Broncos offense hasn't given me anything to believe in. So I think it's going to be the under. The Broncos are 9-1 and one on the under this year. The Panthers, I believe, are 7-4 and four on the under this year. So odds are still in your favor of taking the under. They are. Uh, I've got something similar. Broncos to score 11 to 20 points, plus 145. Just keeps hitting. Ooh. Just keeps hitting. It was plus 150 this week. Guess what? Hit again. That's a big range, too. It is. I like that. I mean, that. not for a lot of teams. Like, when you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. they could score 38. Yeah, yeah, when it's yeah. the Broncos and they <laughs> yeah. max out at 23, of course, yeah. of course, 11 to 20 plus 140. That is the answer. Man, I love that. I 145. Love that. Unfortunately, I wish I didn't love it because oh, I, yeah. I want to see the Broncos score 30 points this week. Yep. just don't think it's going to happen. There's no reason to think it's going to happen. No, it's not. So that's our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. Some people were reaching out to me yesterday saying, Zach, you just keep hitting the unders, and I keep hitting them with you, mm-hmm. and, it, and it works. So hopefully it does this week as well. Maybe hopefully not, but hopefully for your account it does. Yeah, yeah, no, hopefully. I mean, it's a good bet. So sad. Yep, yep, and I like you sprinkle that on top of what of what you gave me, and uh, <laughs> that is pretty good as well. And you also have to check out 
Um, our friends over at Sports Fan, we had the tailgate in their parking lot yesterday. And if you go into Sports Fan during our tailgates, you get 10% off. Uh, over at Sportsman. Mm-hmm. They have so many cool collectibles. You can see that Broncos jersey on our live set right now. It's like a Broncos baseball jersey. It's pretty cool. They have uh, everything traditional that you want, but they also have some really cool things that you can only find mm-hmm. at Sportsman. They have four locations, two on the 16th Street Mall, one at 18th and Federal, like where we hold our tailgates, and then one in Park Meadows Mall. So check them out if you want the coolest Denver sports gear that's over at SportsFan. All right, Henry, let's jump into the comments and talk to the people right now. And first, let's hit a super chat coming in from Aaron Lynch. says, hearing that we're so close every press conference is honestly the most frustrating thing. It's either a lie or delusion. Either way, not ideal. Well, Aaron, in... To uh, have the back of Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. you know, it was close. They they went into overtime. Now, I think you can say that the first two times that it's close, but it does just start to drive fans crazy when sure you does. say it for, what, eight, seven of the first yep. ten games that you play in. So I totally understand where you're coming from, Aaron. The, the, the message, I have to imagine, also to players is also kind of falling on deaf ears of, like, okay, we've heard the same message. It's not getting us fired up. It's not changing anything. It's not giving us hope because we get to these close games. And you know what we know now about ourselves when we get into close games? That we're going to lose them because that's what we've done yep. the majority of time. So, Aaron, I totally see your frustration. And, you know, the the message has to change because another mm-hmm. message that's kind of stuck the same that now is just definitely hitting wrong is we're going to evaluate everything. Yep. And, and again, I mean... There's the evaluate everything that I said it last night. I think that might kind of be the what what you think of His when you think line. back to the yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if Russ was gone after the season to be, let's ride. You know, there's <laughs> some pretty easy yeah. choices this year. But the so close thing, I mean, offensively, I think they're right. You know, you saw it in the first half. They're so close. The problem is they're so close to where what. 24 teams right. in the NFL already are. Right, right. Where it's right. like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. just about everybody has made this happen. Yeah. It's not like you're in this group where it's like, ah, oh, you know, we're so close. There's only a few teams up there. No, yeah. everybody is competent. Yeah. They're yeah. so close to being competent. Man, that's a good point. The Broncos are so close to just being a legitimate a, offense. It, average. Yeah. Ish. Below average. Like, like in the e- average-ish even, tier. Even yesterday, they still scored six points less than the NFL average. What the Las Vegas Raiders did, mm-hmm. now they did have overtime to help themselves out with it, but that was an average offensive output of 22 points, and the Broncos still almost a touchdown shy of that. Ugh, so you're terrible. right. They're, they're not just so close to being a Super Bowl contender. They're not so close to no. being elite. They're not so close to being a playoff team. They are so close in some ways, to just being uh, okay. Relatively competent. But they're still close. They're not there. No. And just about everybody is there. Man, and it even feels wrong saying that they're so close being to being competent. Yeah. Because they're still, I imagine after this week, still the worst offense in They've the NFL. Be. How many did the Colts score yesterday? Because that's the team the Broncos are really going no, back they, with. No, they scored plenty. I mean, it was like 2017 they lost. Okay. It was enough to like keep them in front. Oh, you're right, because they like scored this. late in the game. You're right. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. You are right on there. Okay, now let's hop into the comment section on the website over at thednvr.com, where if you are a diehard, you get access to leave your comments. So 
that's another reason to become a diehard and join us. And let's get into the comments. First one from Mile High Till I Die says, bring back Tim Tebow for interim head coach. And of course, he throws a laughing emoji face on oh, there. Oh, God. That would that, be something. That man. So like he could potentially run like a college program, you know, because yeah. like there's there's like the schools that are like built around like religion. And so like you go into like family's house yep. and it's like, you know, yep, yep. core values like play yeah. play tough football we love god and he'd like oh, a great recruiter exactly so he'd be good at recruiting yeah. he could build kind of that brand of program you wouldn't have to ask him to do any of the actual coaching which i think would be the key in the nfl you have to do some some coaching and so i think that would kind of knock him out of the running yeah and guy uh, doesn't know ball i think uh his speeches would go so hard in college exactly it would get the players going get, like but if he's giving those speeches to you know, 34, 35-year-old uh -huh. exactly. guys that have been around the game for so long, I think they That's a big thing. Like, I've spent a lot of time around recruiters. And you, you go in, you're like, oh, everybody says this guy's a great recruiter. And you talk to him, it's like, wait, what? It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he resonates with 16-year-olds. Oh, that's, that's that's the key. Point. Right, yes. right, right. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tim Tebow absolutely could do that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Beercules comes in and says, my guys, all last season we talked about how not having the guy is why the Broncos will never be able to compete in today's NFL. This isn't breaking news, but Russell Wilson has been awful, and I don't think there is any way of fixing him like you guys have suggested. I know we can't get out of this contract, but if I were the GM, I would be heavily investing in scouting for quarterbacks right now, as crazy as that sounds. I don't think you can possibly accept this extremely poor quarterback play two years in a row. I don't care how many millions you are paying him. You need to be able to turn the reins to a new quarterback if you are sitting at 3-7 and seven again at this time next season. What do you guys think? I mean, talk about being in between a rock and a hard place <laughs> yep. here. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't think you can just say we're done with Russ at this point. Like, it's just not an option. Like, you, it's, it's not. It's not an option. And so when you look at this roster and see that many holes, investing a first-round pick in a quarterback, like, it's, it'd just be irresponsible. Next year, next year, you definitely have the conversation. Especially... Pick 20, pick 25, yeah. pick 28, wherever yep. the 49ers are going to end up. We'll see. Up, uh, Cheering against them tonight. <clears throat> if they exactly. miss the playoffs, you're in good shape. Yes. Yes, you are. Right now, if they lose the tonight, they'll be, what, like ninth in the NFC? Will, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, bad news, though. They That line just keeps going up. Now they're 10-point uh, favorites yep. tonight. Yep, that's tough. But what I will say is that Brett Rippon's contract is up at the end of this year. Yeah, I like Brett. If they bring him back, I'll be happy for him. And it's nice to see him around. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. But at the same time, I do wonder if you could go out there and, you know, a, a Case Keenum type. Not him in particular. I think we're done with Case Keenum here. A good, solid veteran. A good backup might say, you know what? They might want to bench this quarterback at some point. Mm. Or he might uh, have a little hamstring thing where they sit him down and say that, yeah, it's the injury. And give a good backup some run. Mm. So I think that's the move is... Pitch a good backup on the fact that this isn't going great. It's too I'm, early for a rookie. I'm, I'm looking at the backup position as well, but I'm taking it a different direction because a Case mm. Keenum's of the world, they're going to cost seven they to ten are. million dollars, and you're already paying Russ fifty million dollars, <sighs> so you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, and a, a team's going to understand that you're very, or a player's going to understand that you're very tied to Russ. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is I'm saying a third, a day three pick on a quarterback. So a very okay. developmental I could get guy that. Um, who, if he shows enough flash, maybe he can jump Russell Wilson. If he shows an unbelievable amount of yeah. flash and Russell Wilson obviously struggles again next year, but I agree. 
maybe 2024 is when you can then go first round quarterback yep. if it's still this bad, but next year you just can't, which is, I mean, and, and, and Beercules, I understand what you're saying that Russ does not look like that guy, but the Broncos are in a spot now where they just have to hope he is that guy because they don't really have any other options. Exactly. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., day three. There Electric, make some plays. Yep. Also potentially isn't that good. But uh, <laughs> that, that's why he's there on day three. That's why he's there on day three. He could pop. <laughs> there you go. Ozzy Dan says, Good day, boys. Been a while since I last commented. And while I still love your pods, dedicating time to the Broncos is becoming more and more difficult. I'm just so disheartened. After bringing the family over at the start of the season and seeing us win against the Texans, despite how horrible the game was, we were on such a high. We then spent a small fortune going to the game in Vegas while we while entertained was ruined by that single Gordon fumble to then watch yesterday's game and see the coaching staff once again, put the ball in his hands at such a critical junction still has me in disbelief. My feelings of being disheartened also have gone to anger and complete frustration. Murray has proven to be the goal line or mover. Murray has proven to be that goal line short yardage back. He would have walked in. These type of decisions are making it so difficult to support this team. As a fan from Australia, I consider myself obsessed with the Broncos. I definitely, Dedicate, like all DNVR fam, to hours of podcasts and reading every day. I build up that hope and belief and love for the entire organization as the week progresses. I feel a way to believe that the season is still alive. Then Monday mornings at 5 a.m. when the games start, that belief turns into disbelief. The injuries, the poor decisions, the inconsistent play, even the joy of seeing our draft pick increase with each loss isn't a factor this year. As I said at the start of this comment, it's just so disheartening. It's not even December, and every game is now pretty pointless in the scheme of things and where expectations were. Don't even know what I'm trying to achieve with this post. I guess I'm just trying to vent something that's quite difficult from this side of the planet when you're not surrounded by similar fanatics. So disheartened, but love you guys. And despite whatever I say or feel, still love my Broncos and always will. Ozzy Dan. I think those are some very fresh, raw emotions coming from a fan. Yeah, again, it's totally it just, understandable. For a season to be done this early, it just sucks. Like, like there's very few teams. There's, what, four, maybe five teams are sitting here saying, like, ah, you know, maybe maybe next year, and yep. it's the Broncos again. Like, it'd be so nice just to say, ah, oh, competitive football in December. See if they can make it in. But, yeah, once again, here we are. Yep, here we are. Nash Bronco says, It's truly amazing, dumbfounding, inconceivable the ways this team continues to find mm-hmm. ways to lose. What happened to the quick game? Despite missing KJ and JJ, Russ was looking good. He played well for the most part. The defense had basically two bad plays, and once again, the Broncos' razor-thin margin for error was exposed. I was angry right when the overtime ended, but not even 10 minutes later, I was lulled back into a sense of apathy. I still watch, read, listen, and care about this team, but man, it's hard. Bright spots. Cortland Sutton looked good, except for a drop. Murray continues to make plays. Russ looked really good. Hint is legit baron is still a dog mathis is playing better every week maybe my biggest bright spot at for the broncos at three and seven is damari mathis yeah i mean that's that opens doors yeah i mean if if damari mathis can be your starting corner next year you know move on from ronald darby save Save, some money there exactly so that's an option or bring back darby and all of a sudden you have potential like super secondary especially you know injuries happen you have him Damari, Pat, K1. You know, then you have four guys and you can expect three to be healthy any given week. Yeah, but Henry, you got to stop building this team on defense. 
You've got yeah. to use those resources on offense. The Broncos have the number one defense, and they're sitting here yep. at three and seven. It's they have true. the number one scoring defense, yet they still can't win games when it matters most mm-hmm. on defense. This is a scoring league. Don't fool yourself again. Yeah. That's something else that we've just been caught into since John Elway was here about, well, this defense is pretty damn good. Let's roll it back one more time. It's like, no, just yeah. don't. I understand what you're saying oh, about, yeah. about building a good secondary and how nice would that be to have against the Chiefs, but you just got to keep going all in on offense, and unfortunately for what that means right now, you're going all in on Russ. Yep. Next one from C. Fillmore 72. Our guy says the team has forgotten to win a 90% probability of winning the game at the two-minute warning, and somehow they still mm-hmm. find a way to lose. We just cannot seem to overcome this losing mentality. It's painful to watch. Some glimmers of hope in the first half drives, but still only 16 points. The London game aside, it's no fun being a Broncos fan at the moment. I feel for you all having to cover this day in and day out. After six years, we finally had reason to believe that you'd be covering, and we'd be commenting on a winning team and a winning season i think that's what what hurts the most it's the huge gulf between what's happened and what we all had very reasonable expectations for we'll stay with the team and of course and we'll keep riding with dnvr but man this is tough sledding in other news england beat iran six to two a winning feeling (laughs) hashtag it's coming home christopher no well we have to hate england (laughs) yes we do (laughs) i mean we're we'll be happy for you if things go well we can cheer for england once the the knockout stuff starts but no right now there's nothing you can do but hate england Uh, there we go that's a rival just building rivalries within this community i love it zen broncos as my boys it was pretty awesome seeing y'all at the tailgate and everyone that was with me had a lot of fun it was awesome talking to some of you but I will still have to say after this season, we need to get rid of Brandon McManus. He has been getting worse and missing more and more kicks this year. Okay, I get it. It was blocked this week, but a mid a miss is still a miss. He has averaged almost one miss per game this season. Most games, he has missed a kick. If we make those instead, we win those games. I don't think Brandon McManus is getting enough hate for losing games as well. Plus, BMAC and Melvin made it so, so I paint so I painted my head for nothing on a bright side though. Our offense looked a lot better yesterday. Funny saying that because we only scored 16 points. So I got some hope for the future. So which person do y'all think deserves more hate that does not get it? Thanks again for the pod. Go Broncos and let's ride. Um, Just in terms of Brandon McManus, Broncos are bottom 10 in field goal percentage. Their last and extra point percentage. It doesn't help. Last and extra point. The issue is if you miss two, and uh, you don't score many touchdowns. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It looks pretty bad. So uh, again, like four of seven on like the 50 plus yarders, that includes the one in Seattle that I don't think anybody thought he was going to make. One Um, person did. One, one person. Two, two people that he did. Two people did. (sighs) Brandon and Hackett. Yeah. I mean, I think Bram McManus is probably about done in Denver. Um, and you know what? If we're looking for more people, Corliss Waitman, another pretty tough night. You know, he had the one yep. good punt there at the end that yep. you you have to like, but, you know, the, the special teams have not been good, and that's a shame. Nope, nope. Um, uh, he had a 27-yard net punt. Oof. Uh, he, he struggled until that 54-yard punt at the end of the game, which... Funny enough, special teams was the only part of the team to not let them down mm-hmm. at the final two minutes, which is uh, crazy enough. Yep. But I, I think you nailed it on the head, Danimal, in terms of someone who doesn't get um, enough blame yep. for what's going on is probably Brandon McManus because 
you can point to the defense last night and mostly you point to the offense and say what the heck is going on yep and a good comment at least two of the misses were on waitman's holding there's that there's a couple blocks in there as well and you know that those aren't his fault blocks can be his fault. they can be they can be um at the same time like that happens to every kicker like mm-hmm. a, a lot of the misses for other kickers also don't miss. So when the percentage is that it's the same thing right, as like, right, right. you know, Russ could have thrown two more interceptions because yep, yep, yep. yeah, well every game there's dropped interceptions from every right. quarterback. So you can't really count those for any quarterback. Right. It's Ex- just how the game works. Exactly. Yep. You think those things are all going to balance them. Themselves exactly. Out. Next one from Broncos super fan. Um, actually no, the Danimal says, remember when the Broncos played like a real NFL team for 12 whole minutes? That was awesome. But seriously, we suck and Hackett is a clown continuing to show no, or no will to hold players accountable. Gordon has zero consequences and has no incentive to improve. I'll beat the Ted dead horse fire Hackett. Obviously Mm. this comment came in before. They moved on from Gordon. He says, I also want to add to the Seattle code word rumors. Seems like everyone forgot this, that Seattle defense report after week one, that they were heard Russ using their checks and terminology at the line. The report by, I believe Columbus was uh, corroborated by Seattle itself. So it begs the question is Hackett's system lacking something. And Russ is trying to fill the gaps. Is it too complicated? Like a Mike McCoy playbook and Russ can't remember it. Or is Russ the problem? And that hasn't put in the work to lead to the new system. The offseason is shaping up to be a Russ versus Hackett. Who's wrong saga? Were we unfortunately tied to one because Peyton gambled someone else's money without mm-hmm. asking? Try and stay happy, guys. Better days are ahead in four to six years, the animal. Yep. I, 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 Russ has not played well, obviously, breaking news. But uh, I, I put most of the blame on Hackett, especially after watching that first half. You know, it's, it doesn't mean all that much this season, but long-term, you know, the fact they went three or 13 for 15, and almost 150 <laughs> yards. There's something there. Now you have to factor in. It was the Raiders yep. who hadn't scouted Clint Kubiak. And so mm-hmm. it needs to hold up. You also factor in that the Broncos are without three of their top four receivers and there was no offensive line and no threat of a running game. So there was that as well. Yep. So yep. we'll see how that plays out. I'm not totally out on Russ. You know, I'll say, I think we had the, what's your level of concern thing this weekend. Yep. I was at a nine. <laughs> I'm down to like an eight and a half. Like, how could you not be very concerned based on what we've seen to this point? Um, But that doesn't mean he's doomed. Like, it's... I'd say there's a... uh, A one in three chance he's a Pro Bowl quarterback next year. Okay. Because you got to think, like, there's probably... What, they they name three of the 16 AFC quarterbacks to the Pro Bowl. Yep. You wind up with, like, one goes to the Super Bowl, one can't go. So you wind up with, like, five of the 16. Yep. So I'll say right, one and four. I'll so say one and four is in that top say, five. So now, now you're <laughs> essentially just giving him as much of a shot as anyone. Yep. I one. think that makes me a little bit optimistic. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like it. We, we yep. need some uh, some different ways to view things now. Yep. Broncos Superfan says, Can we please stop sucking? I'm starting to treat the Broncos like the Rockies. Once we get to May, the baseball season is over. And once we get to October, the football season is over. Still a diehard, but this hurts. Thanks for the weekly therapy session, boys. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, Broncos Superfan. And 
We're going to be here here with you, the good, the bad, anytime. Next one from Windy City Broncos says, the thing that hurts the most about the last two weeks is that the defense has shown it isn't as good as the numbers suggest. What we've seen in both games is that even if the offense gets an opponent that, that gets an opportunity, the defense can't hold up. When opponents have to score, they will score. They just don't have to do it very often because our offense is terrible. We can talk all we want about how many games are within one score, but the reality of the NFL but it is that the majority of games within one score is because it's a competitive league where even the worst teams are still pretty good. Sure. We haven't been blown out yet, but we've still got two chiefs games left on the schedule and Windy city Broncos. This is something that I've started thinking a lot about the past week was these numbers right now probably don't reflect the exact defense that this Broncos Mm -hmm. is um, because you're right. Teams in the fourth quarter can just take their foot off the gas and and, and not try to score because Mm -hmm. they know the Broncos offense isn't going to score. So what they're trying to do is just not let the defense beat them. So then they're not trying to score. And that helps the the 16 and a half points per game that the Broncos are allowing are probably now closer to 17. I think after these next seven games, when they play the Chiefs twice, yep. when they play the Ravens twice, uh, when they play the Chargers again. No Bradley Chubb. No Bradley Chubb, exactly. We're going to see this defense be a top 10 defense, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be closer to 10 than it is to 1 in terms of scoring. I think that's fair. You know, it's not a gener- generational defense. Right. It's not right, like the right. no-fly zone. Um, right now, they're third in yards, third in points. I, I, I like Again, they're not just like the best defense in the NFL. Right. Um, but I do think that if you're trying to to pick a defense that that you want, it'd probably be a, a top five pick. Sure. I still think that, and we'll see what happens when they play the Chiefs. Yes, we certainly will. We uh, will because see Vic, what twice. one of the things Vic Fangio did um, was sometimes he would hold the Chiefs and make it a very yep. competitive game with his defense. Evero's mm-hmm. going to have a huge task there with that. I'm curious to see how he does because I was maybe most disappointed in him yesterday. Um, not for yeah. giving up 22 points, yep. but falling apart at the end of the game twice. And then on top mm. of that, also just personnel decisions. Hank, at the end of the game and at the end of regulation, when you know they are going to throw the ball, why is Josie Jewell covering Josh Jacobs? Yeah. You, you, you should have a safety or a corner yep. or someone in there covering Josh Jacobs because yep. if they decide to run the ball, well, that's stupid on them. And 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 yep. I'll, I'll, I'll think that the defense is going to able, mm-hmm. be able to stop them 10 yards down the field. The that's Raiders fine. needed more than 10 yep. at a time. So uh, that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Just not having Pat on Devontae Adams the whole game was questionable, even Just though yep. Devontae did get the best of Pat, specifically at the end of game mm-hmm. still. I was... I was a little concerned at that yesterday. Definitely. All right, we got two more here. Bron Colic says, hey, guys, well, another embarrassing game. Big surprise. This is where I'm at. If I was a media member, I don't think I could hold my tongue. If one coach or George Payton mentions the word accountability again, if Melvin Gordon is not cut from this <laughs> roster, you well, you got there what you, you wanted. This season is over and has been for weeks, so get rid of the worthless running back and see what happens. Don't care about the dip it will cause in pass protection or anything else. At this point, every week you leave him on the roster just makes our GM and coaching staff look that much more worthy or much more unworthy of their positions but that's just me am i wrong well they agreed with you today on that uh and actually two more now mile high club 58 says i just want to thank you guys for the tailgate yesterday i'm I'm a fan from arkansas that got a chance to meet rk he was great down to earth guy i brought my friends as well and did not disappoint no matter what the broncos do to us your vibes will always be immaculate shameless promotion if you live in colorado and you need lasik or cataract surgery go to anthony cox at at associates and eye care go broncos forever dnvr thank you so much for stopping 
stopping by at the Tailgate Mile High Club to 58. And last one, don't call it a comeback kid. What's more embarrassing, the Broncos season or the Colorado Rockies? Oh, the Colorado Rockies. Like, again, <laughs> you're not on the Rockies tier. That is the most embarrassing. I mean, they're right up there, just like in team sports in North America. Like, they, they don't try. Like, they have been so bad for so long. They don't invest. They don't have, like, they're dumb. Like, there's all the reports coming out about how they just cut staff during the pandemic and asked their analytics guys to also go down to the clubhouse and wash towels. Like, <laughs> and then guess what? The staff quit. And so, so you just wind up with stuff like that. Like, it is so inept. At least, at least not them. Now, CU football. <laughs> there you go. Also, the, the Deion Sanders rumors just spiked up even more today. After his 11-0 start? Oh, yeah. So, so there First is season, that. I should say. No As start. of right now, you're in that, like, CU football Colorado Rockies argument. It's got to be CU football. Oh, man. Broncos still aren't that bad. Just brutal. I don't think they're that bad yet. And hopefully they can find them the way to get themselves out of this purgatory that they're in. We need to get out of the world of suck. We've been in it too long. And we really appreciate all of Mm -hmm. you for rolling us rolling with us in the world of suck throughout the years and you know we're gonna be here we're gonna be here tomorrow we're gonna talk to nathaniel hackett today so make sure to stay tuned to the dnbr.com and of course stay tuned to this channel where we're gonna be giving you all the latest details on what's going on with the broncos thank you all so much for rolling with us we'll see you tomorrow on the dnbr broncos podcast